Hi there, it's Scott Hamilton, Rockfile. This podcast will be a discussion of my life with Star Wars. Star Wars has been a part of my life since 1977. I was 11 years old. So this will be kind of a chronology. I haven't written anything out. These are kind of my thoughts on the movies, some of the things that happened to me during the movies, when the movies came out, that kind of thing. In 1977, you have to remember that even if you weren't around back then, there wasn't a whole lot of sci-fi. We had had Star Trek in the late 60s. That was in syndication. You could watch that on Saturdays on TBS in Atlanta. Um, Logan's Run in 1975 had kind of rekindled an interest in doing big-budget sci-fi that hadn't been seen really since uh, Planet of the Apes and, and 2001 A Space Odyssey. And there really just wasn't a whole lot of science fiction. A lot of things were westerns. A lot of things were action. You know, there, uh, there were a lot of things that just were non-sci-fi at the time. And then Star Wars is coming. And being a guy who was already into comic books at that age and already reading Marvel and already going to comic book shops and bookstores and, and just I was reading voraciously at that age... I started reading everything about this movie that was coming called Star Wars, and there wasn't the hype on it like there is today. There were some magazine covers. There was some talk about it. I know the day that the movie was going to premiere, it was on Good Morning America. They showed the scene where Luke and Han jump into the uh, seats in the Millennium Falcon and shoot the TIE fighters down, and that was totally amazing. There had never been anything like that before. But I read the book the day before the movie opened. I remember the novelization had that gold cover and there were pictures in the center of it you could open up. And I had that book for years. Even even my dog chewed on the corner of it and I kept that book. It's somewhere in storage because of those, those pictures in the middle. I, it just You don't see that in too many books these days. And I was blown away by what I read. It felt like a comic book. It felt like a pulpy story, like, you know, a, 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 a princess had to be rescued from a castle, but it had lightsabers and laser blasters and spaceships. And then we went to see it. I remember very clearly standing in line at this Buford Highway Theater uh, in outside of Atlanta and just everybody talking that, well, is it going to be good? I mean, you know, we just hadn't had a movie like that at that time. There just hadn't been nothing. And so you sit down in the movie theater and you've got your popcorn and your soda and whatever. And the movie starts with that big bombastic opening and the and the John Williams music and the scroll on the screen. And OK, this is this is this is different. This is like old fashioned serials. This is amazing. And then the Star Destroyer went over our heads for what seemed like an eternity. At the time, it was just like, holy crap, this thing is huge. And again, there had never been anything like this in cinema history. There, it, there, was, there was nothing to compare this to, except maybe 2001 A Space Odyssey. But the difference was... 2001 special effects were very clean. Space was very clean. The ships were, everything was very clean special effect. And Star Wars added a grit to it. There were, there were burns on the vehicles and things were dirty. And, and Star Wars added a realism that we hadn't had before. And so we've all seen A New Hope. You know how life-changing that movie was the first time you saw it. It, it, is, it is a quintessential part of, of pop culture it's a great movie. It's incredibly well done. George Lucas, lightning struck. He had this idea. He pulled from other things. If you if you read nowadays, people have dissected it 
to infinity that things were pulled from Dune, things were pulled from other things, old serials, uh, Japanese movies. Uh, if you've never seen The Hidden Fortress, the Kurosawa movie, highly recommend that. It's where you got the ideas for 3PO and R2-D2. But in, in all art, you pull from references. You pull from things from the past, from your past, from your experiences to create new art. And Star Wars really was art, more than a blockbuster movie. And we don't get this these days, but Star Wars played for almost a year. It, it opened in May, and we were still going to see it repeatedly in December. There were Toys for Tots campaigns, bring a toy and see Star Wars for free. The movie would not go away because it's so just every audience that saw it could not believe what they were seeing. We got a real fantasy sci-fi story that was worth going to see more than once. And although the year before Jaws had kind of been the first summer blockbuster, Star Wars crushed it. I mean, Star Wars crushed everything. And then all of a sudden was the marketing. And you can read all up on this about George Lucas's idea. To t- 20th Century Fox didn't want to spend a whole lot of money on it because it was a gamble at the time. And he deferred director's fees and took the marketing <laughs> rights, which was a genius move, and nobody had done that before. And so Star Wars lunchboxes came around, and Star Wars sheets, and the uh, Halloween costumes, and it just built and built, and it, it just, Star Wars just spread out like a fungus. It just took over everything. And so three years later, Empire Strikes Back was coming out. I remember we were on an early vacation. Um, we'd gone to the beach, and Obviously, I'm very much into it by this time. Three years of of just reading everything I could Star Wars, collecting everything I could Star Wars, and going to see The Empire Strikes Back. I didn't go to a first showing. It was I went that first weekend, but I remember standing in line and somebody walking out, going, "Can you believe that Darth Vader is his father?" <laughs> I know that's a comic that you will see in memes these days, but that actually happened to me. And from that moment on, I've seen every other Star Wars movies on opening day. I, I, I just, I, I am not going to have that happen again. And it's why I'm avoiding spoilers this week, why I haven't watched any new trailers for The Rise of Skywalker. I'm going to go see it at 6 o'clock tomorrow evening. It is one of the first showings in the area, and I will get it out of the way, and I, I'm sure I will see it again. But I, I, you know, have to go to a first showing because I don't want spoilers. And that actually happened. Well, sitting in The Empire Strikes Back, I was older, you know, I was 14 at the time, and I was entering high school, and, or, you know, I was graduating from middle school, about to enter high school, and so I had a, a, a deeper connection with it, especially some of the more adult themes, and the fact that this was a darker movie, and a more intense movie, and still to this day, Empire Strikes Back is the best of them, although A New Hope is still the one that I go to. That that is still classic. Every scene, there's nothing to take out of it. It was perfectly crafted. But Empire Strikes Back is the Godfather 2. It is, you know, it is it is the example you give when you say a sequel can be better than the original. George Lucas handed off the reins to a better director. Um, they had more money to spend. They had a deeper story. We already had a connection with these characters. So they were able to do more with it. The idea of of the trilogy was just, again, we hadn't really had... James Bond was the only long-running 
uh, series of movies that we had at the time that could even be counted as similar, but they were changing actors. You know, by this time, Roger Moore had taken over from Sean Connery and, and, and things were a little different. And anyway, the Star Wars movies only got bigger after that. When 1983 rolled around and Return of the Jedi came out, I went on opening the very first showing I could possibly see. And so huge. I mean, everything. There were Star Wars Ices. There, there was Star Wars everything. And it was a great movie. In retrospect, we have heard that George Lucas was going to make the Ewoks Chewbacca's people. And that was what was supposed to happen. And I think that would have made it a better movie. But all in all, Return of the Jedi is still a great movie. And the trilogy is fantastic. The, the original trilogy that tells that story... He at the time said there were nine stories overall. He's later recanted and said, "No, I was I was just talking." But I think there really were nine, um, and that was it for a long time. That was all the Star Wars we had, and there were books that came out. If you ever read Alan Dean Foster's Splinter of the Mind's Eye, really great Star Wars book, and that kind of kicked off the fact that hey, we can do we can do books in in this mythology. And there was comic series. Marvel had a long-running Star Wars comic series. Um, and and it, Star Wars just wouldn't go away. It stayed around in pop culture. And by this time, there were Star Trek movies. When Star Wars debuted, after that, a year later, we started getting science fiction movies like crazy. Everybody, there were a lot of low-budget movies that tried to copy Star Wars. And it also gave these movie studios the idea that, hey, these movies can make money. And so... You know, I, I'm I totally think that's why Alien got made in '79 was the fact that Star Wars had done so well, and all sorts of sci-fi movies came out because of Star Wars. It rekindled that interest. But Star Wars is sci-fi because it takes place with spaceships and stuff. But it's more of a fantasy. It's more of a knights in shining armor rescuing the princess from the castle and the bad guy. It just has the trappings of sci-fi, but it's basically a fantasy when you compare it to other things, say, like Battlestar Galactica or The Expanse, which are hard sci-fi um, shows, movies that are not as fantasy-oriented, that are more grounded in sci-fi. But anyway, so it took a long time, and then we heard George Lucas was going to make the prequel trilogy, and we were all incredibly excited. I remember in 1999, I was working in Chattanooga, Tennessee, running a couple stations up there, and my good buddy Mark Elmore, who was with a record label at that time, and he still is actually, um, came up, and we went to a midnight movie. It was a huge big deal to, for all of us to stay up that late, but we wanted to be the first ones to see it, and we were. And we walked out, and we really liked it. It was action-packed. It was exciting. In retrospect, I go back and the prequels I don't watch as often. They're visually entertaining, and the story is there for all three movies, but they're just not as well-crafted, and sometimes they get bogged down in some things they shouldn't get bogged down in, especially Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith very much gets heavily into politics and things. And I know that's what George Lucas wanted to do, but we wanted to see more of the swashbuckling, more of the you know, action-oriented guys saving people, not the big epic war stuff, even though before it came out, we really did want to see the big epic, you know, War of the Clones kind of stuff that they had always mentioned. So in 2002, I was living on Grand Cayman Island, and I saw the first showing there. 
and avoided spoilers because the internet wasn't much at the time and there wasn't as much as there was. And, and in 2005, I had just moved back to the States and saw that on opening day as well. So fast forward 10 years and we hear there's going to be a sequel trilogy. that They're finally going to finish the last of the nine movies that George Lucas originally spoke of. J.J. Abrams knocked it out of the park when he made Star Trek. Here's a guy who came off TV shows like Felicity and Lost, who had made some, some, some good choices with those properties and was starting to make movies. And when J.J. Abrams made Star Trek, I, I recently watched it in 4K and just think, it's perfect. He took what we loved about Star Trek and reinvented it for modern audiences and did a fantastic job. Watching that movie today, even if you're not a Star Trek fan, you will enjoy the movie. So when it was announced that he was going to do Star Wars, the first thing I thought was, this is the luckiest SOB on the planet. He has gotten to play in the Star Trek universe. And when he was making Star Trek, he always said that he wasn't a Trekker, that, that he, didn't, he didn't gravitate as a kid to Star Trek. He gravitated towards Star Wars. That was his thing. So when they announced that he was going to write and direct the first of the Star Wars sequels, The Force Awakens... I was salivating because he had done such a great job with Star Trek. I thought, please, let him. Give him as much money as he needs and let him make The Force Awakens what he thinks it ought to be. And I just watched The Force Awakens this week. That movie holds up. It, I, I know there are detractors out there, but I think it's perfect. It, if there were anything I was going to leave, you could leave out, the whole Han Solo and Chewie when they get the the Millennium Falcon and there's the thing with the creatures and the and that that is all kind of a side. But if you go back and watch the original trilogy, those little events, those little things that don't like the trash compactor scene and things like that, they help get the story from point A to point B. They give us time for a little character development, a little more with the characters. So rewatching it with fresh eyes and in in the midst of all this Star Wars hype, I think The Force Awakens is great. I, I really think J.J. Abrams, again, knocked it out of the park. It had just enough nostalgia and fan service. It introduced new characters that, that now we're fully invested in. Um, all in all, I think, it's, I, I think it's a really great Star Wars movie. Really well done. I think, honestly, it's better than any of the prequels and sits alongside the previous six movies perfectly. I can't say enough good things about The Force Awakens. So last night I watched The Last Jedi in 4K. And this was another movie I was living here at the time and I saw on opening day. Um, I walked out of the theater and really liked it. And in retrospect, I read a lot of complaints online about it and I and I totally get it. The the One of the things that J.J. Abrams really likes it is the same thing I like about it. It's, it's very subversive. It... it takes what you think is going to happen and turns it upside down. It starts with Luke throwing a lightsaber away. You know, it the whole movie that that kind of wraps it up right there. The idea that Ryan Johnson wanted to make a Star Wars movie that felt like a Star Wars movie but that also subverted all of your thoughts and hopes and and it really did. But watching it again, it's a good flick. It it's a really good Star Wars movie. If I have a problem with anything in the entire two-and-a-half-hour movie, I'm not a fan of bringing Princess Leia back the way they did, or General Organa. Um, she gets blown out into space, and she force 
uses her way back into the ship and is healed. There was just, we have never seen a Jedi do that. I'm not saying that they can't. I just, that, the scene takes a little time. And in space, you would have about 13 seconds. So that was kind of stretched out. Um, But it's Star Wars. And I understand them wanting to, A, show that she is very powerful with the Force that we knew she had to be. And B, they didn't want to kill off the character that quickly. In all honesty, it would have had more power if they had let her die there. And But then we wouldn't have the rest of the movie with her in it and meeting Luke. And then we wouldn't have whatever we're going to have in Rise of the Skywalker. If you have heard, they took footage that they filmed for The Force Awakens that they never used and have incorporated that in The Rise of Skywalker. Instead of like the end of Rogue One where they CG'd a young Princess Leia, um, General Organa film scenes, Carrie Fisher film scenes before she died, um, for the Force Awakens movie that they never used. And it turns out there's quite a bit of that footage that they had, and they rewrote scenes and fit her into Rise of the Skywalker, which I think is a great idea if you're going to have to have um, our princess continue in the storyline, and you really need to. Um, That was the way to do it. Haven't seen the movie yet, so... Don't know how well it's going to turn out, but I'm just saying that's a great idea instead of trying to do a CG character. Because although she looked great in Rogue One, you could still tell. You know what I mean? So anyway, if I have a complaint about The Rise or the Last Jedi, that is the only one. Otherwise, the movie plays out like a Star Wars movie. Uh, the new characters interact with some of the old characters, uh, the scenes, the situations, the... Some of the stuff on the gambling planet, again, that's an aside where we get some some character development. It doesn't really matter to the rest of the trilogy or the, the nine movies, but it, it gave you more time with these new characters, a little more time to see how they were. Um, Benicio Del Toro it was kind of funny to have him be the code breaker in the movie. Uh, visually stunning at the end on the salt planet, that, that with the red, that just wow. The special effects are really great in the movie. Um, all in all, I like it. Not uh, It would be a hair under The Force Awakens, but The Last Jedi was really good. I understand the hate out there, but why hate on a Star Wars movie? Uh, if you want to hate, go hate those prequels. I mean, really. <laughs> the, the prequels, again, are not terrible. People talk so badly about them. They're not. They're just kind of a little drawn out and not have as much in them fan service wise that we all really want lucas was trying to do some other things and i think you know a lot of people say well george lucas should be doing this and and i don't agree i think george lucas had his shot at doing the prequel trilogy and near miss he did an okay job but it certainly wasn't a new hope or empire strikes back or even return of the jedi and the prequels are now sure they're canon sure they're 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 integral to the overall story, but they're not my go-to movies when I want to watch a Star Wars movie, that being said. I am psyched for Rise of the Skywalker. Again, I have had over 40 years of my life uh, tied to this. The only thing longer is James Bond and Star Trek. Those are my other favorite things in my life that I've had my entire life and cannot wait for the new James Bond movie. I think Daniel Craig's been a great Bond and and 007 continues into the 21st century. I just read something that the the new bad guy played by Rami Malek is actually going to be a bad guy from uh, the past Bond, which I think is a great idea. Hopefully it pans out and it's not just a rumor. But anyway, Star Wars 
kindles ideas in young people. It it thrills older people. Star Wars has become bigger than George Lucas envisioned. Star Wars has become bigger than pretty much anybody had envisioned. And I was watching a J.J. Abrams interview where he said, it's bigger than all of us. The guys who write it, the guys who direct it, the hundreds of people who make it, the, the money spent on it. Star Wars, the idea, Star Wars, the mythology, Star Wars, the the creative juice that gets everybody's imagination flowing is bigger than the movies, is bigger than it ever was supposed to be. And that's fantastic that it will always now be a part of our pop culture lives is fantastic. The Mandalorian is incredible. Please make more Star Wars TV shows like that. We've heard that the Star Wars movies are going to go on a bit of a hiatus. We know that the uh, the gentlemen uh, from Game of Thrones that were going to make a trilogy are out. Uh, we've heard that Ryan Johnson is still going to make whatever he's going to make, I think. Um, I don't care. I'm I'm fine with more Star Wars movies coming that don't take place in the Star War or the Skywalker mythology. Mandalorian proves it can be done. Mandalorian proves that we can have a great adventure. And I haven't talked about Clone Wars or Rebels or any of the animated shows or any of the other side projects or the video games. I really like Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Those are fantastic video games. If you ever get a chance to play them, I want to play the new one. Haven't gotten around to that. Um but I really just wanted to talk about the movies and the impact the movies have had on my life, probably your life, and the world's lives. Star Wars is epic. It has become almost the force that binds us all together, right? So anyway, I hope the new one makes a lot of money. I hope J.J. Abrams knocked it out of the park like he has a tendency to do. Uh, so far, advanced reviews are overwhelmingly good. There's always negatives now. We live in a pop culture that, that there will always be people that hate something and will be glad to tell you about it. But I'm one of those people that have no interest in telling you what I hate, and I really don't care what you hate. If you hate something, keep it to yourself. I really don't care. Tell me about what you love, because I want to know more about that. Um if you know, if you you hate a movie, you hate a book, you hate a TV show. Who cares? Don't watch it anymore. Don't talk about it. Put it out of your mind. Go do something you love. People who live in negative culture and and purvey negative culture, it's a waste of time. I really don't understand. So. I'm sure that if I don't like the movie, I will say something about it, but I have a feeling that this is going to be a good flick. Rise of the Skywalker opens this weekend. They're predicting, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe more. It could break records. I hope it does. And I hope Star Wars continues beyond my lifetime. I, I think kids today still need a mythology. Um, sure, we've got Marvel. Sure, we've got DC. Sure, we've got other mythologies. But... Star Wars is something good. It it's it it sparks imaginations and that is one of the most wonderful things any art, any pop culture, anything can do. Imagination is the key to intelligence. Imagination is the key to to a lot of things. So, hope you'll join me in going to see Rise of the Skywalker this weekend and we can all continue our love for Star Wars and if you're a Star Trek guy or gal well, that's okay, too, because I, I love Trek, too. They're apples and oranges. They're two completely different properties. Star Wars, may the Force be with you. Go see Rise of the Skywalker this weekend. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. I've lived a life with Star Wars, and I still love it, and I hope to love it forever. I hope you go see it. 
Subscribe to my podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. You can ask Alexa to listen to Rockfile on Apple Podcasts. You can ask Google Assist for Rockfile Podcasts. I have a Patreon page if you'd like to check out and support the podcast. Going to be doing some uh, YouTube videos in 2020, and I hope you'll be around for that. I'm Scott Hamilton. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.